And all the people said, Amen. Welcome this morning. We're glad you're here at Aldersgate United Methodist Church. I'm Pastor Gary Brooks, and along with Pastor Daniel Refner, we welcome you. Pastor Maria is uh, attending a wedding in Indiana, so uh, we'll welcome her back when she gets here. Anyway, uh, we're glad that you are here. We continue our, our series of of uh, generosity through giving, and this is Commitment Sunday. If you brought a card and you would like to place it, you may do so in the offering plate. Anyway, yeah, well, we've got some announcements for you. Uh, one of them is we have our annual meeting next Sunday at 4 o'clock. It's called an all-church conference where every member has a voice in the vote, and there are some materials available to you uh, on the Welcome Center. If you would like some of the, the essentials, we'll have complete information for you next Sunday. But uh, we'll be meeting with uh, 14 churches in this sanctuary, and there'll be representatives from them, and um, you're invited to come and hear our district superintendent, Mitch Reese, share a message and to lead us in that time together. Four o'clock next Sunday. And you probably saw the angel tree all lit up out there. How good is that? 
Thank you for the gifts that have already been returned for children at Ember Hope Youthville. And if you would like to participate in that, just take an ornament and do what it says and bring the gifts back and we'll get to share in uh, making the holidays a little brighter for some children with special needs. All right. And in a little while, during the children's time, the children who are down in the pajamas and um, Pop-Tarts, that's what they're doing, um, they will be coming in with Operation Christmas Child boxes. And we'll place them up here, and we'll have a prayer of dedication over them. We'll do that as a part of the children's time. And if they come at a time different than the children's time, it's okay. We'll just do it when they arrive. How good is that? All right. Uh, this afternoon, uh, Tajane Stalker will be with the youth group at 2.30, uh, mid-high and senior high, and she will be the guest speaker talking about the food justice ministries here in Wichita, Kansas. If you'd like to be a part of that, you're invited to come and join in. A special guest speaker with our uh, young people today. All right. Um, I'm sure there's other announcements. Yeah, we'll read about them and reap. Okay. Let's take a moment and stand and turn and greet one another in Christian love. If you don't know someone, ask their name and tell them yours. join together in the call for worship. Count yourself lucky how happy you must be. You got a fresh start. Your slate is wiped clean. We count ourselves lucky. We hold nothing against us and we hold nothing back from God. Come friends, celebrate God. Sing together, everyone. All your honest hearts, raise the roof. 
things joy, for God's help the pressure is gone, our guilt is gone, our sin has disappeared. Let us praise Jesus by singing, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. screen back there or I need to wear some glasses because <laughs> I had a heck of a time seeing that. I didn't think it'd be good if I just stood here like this. <laughs> Please join me for this affirmation of faith. Our vision statement for 2023 is Aldersgate is a place of warm hearts and active hands where lives are transformed by God's word and spirit. Let us affirm our dedication to the transformation of God's grace by affirming the words of the Charles Wesley hymn, which is uh, number one, 562 in our hymnal. Jesus, Lord, we look to thee. Let us in thy name agree. Show us thyself, the Prince of Peace. Bid our strife forever cease. Make us of one heart and mind, gentle, courteous, and kind, lowly, meek, in thought and word, all together like our Lord. You may be seated. Thank you, Roger. Well, as we continue with our stewardship campaign, uh, today is Commitment Sunday, like Pastor Gary said, and one of the things that we've been doing throughout this campaign is inviting members of the congregation to share personal testimonies about how financial giving is a vital and important part of their faith practice. And, and I don't know about you, but I have been personally blessed by hearing these words of testimony. Uh, it is so cool for me to hear words from the congregation about how God is moving and acting in uh, your life. Uh, and today, um, as we conclude our stewardship campaign, uh, I'm very pleased to invite Christine Naylor uh, to share with us today. Christine is our church treasurer and has been for a couple years now. And I've heard what she has to say twice, al twice 
ready today, and I've been inspired both times. Uh, so, Christine, thank you for being here to share your faith with us. Good morning. As we come to Commitment Sunday and the end of the stewardship drive for this year, I invite you to consider these questions with me. Why do I choose to give of my time, my talents, and financial resources to the church? And how does giving or serving impact my faith journey? For me, as I thought about these questions, the thought that, Gar that Pastor Gary has shared in various sermons resonates. God has uniquely created each one of us. He has equipped each of us with special gifts that he designed to serve his purpose, God's purpose. Thus, we each are uniquely and wonderfully made. God then gives us a privilege, but also an opportunity to use those gifts to help others and to make a difference. Personally, for me, by giving to the church, I get to be something that is way bigger than I am by myself. My gifts, alongside the gifts of all of you, are multiplied to make a difference to people within these church walls, our friends, our families, but also outside of these walls, within our community here locally in Wichita, or even to places across the U.S. or on a global basis. Nothing is wasted from God's perspective. As I choose to be disciplined and intentional to share my talents and financial resources with the church, God is at work in me. He is making me more aware of his goodness and mercy. He is changing my heart, making me less focused on myself and more focused on others. In the words of Pastor Daniel, I believe God is at work day by day, transforming us to be more like Jesus. So as we take a moment to reflect back on this stewardship series this year, we recall those gifts that God graciously shares with us when we are intentional about our giving and serving. Which of these do you connect with most? Pastor Maria started our stewardship series and gave us a reminder on the importance of gratitude in our outlook. You might recall that service. I typically go to 930, and we were um, unexpectedly in the dark for all of that service, but God was with us, and everybody just kind of rolled through things. Then week two, we were led by Pastor Daniel, and he shared about generosity. You might recall that message. He shared even about extravagant generosity. Last week, week three, Pastor Daniel asked us to consider how the faithfulness of saints that we may know that are around us or have gone before may have impacted our own faith journeys. And then later today, as Gary gives his sermon, we hear his thoughts on how joy is a fundamental part of our giving. I took nuggets from each of these topics. How about each of you? So in closing, I would invite you to pause Pray and reflect on how God is calling you to give, perhaps financially, perhaps by sharing your talents or in some other way. And then, together, let's watch to see how God uses these, city, uses these gifts to glory, for his glory. Thanks for listening, and I hope you all have a blessed day. Thank you so much, Christine, for your witness and your words today. Uh, as the ushers prepare to come forward, uh, we would invite you, if you brought your pledge card today, uh, you can place it in the, the plate as it comes by. Uh, if you don't have your pledge card today, that is okay as well. You can send it into the office by mail at your convenience or just uh, bring it by as, as you can, um, uh, whatever is convenient for you. But if you have it today, may it be an act of worship and an act of gratitude for all that God has done and continues to do as you commit that pledge for 2023. Uh, let the ushers come and receive this morning's gifts.
All right, you may be seated, except I think, oh my, here they come. Look at all those people in their pajamas. Wow. Come on down. It's Operation Christmas Child season. Come on up. Let's just put our gifts, stack them up down here. That's great. Uh, I wish you could see the joy on these faces. Stick around up here. We're going to dedicate these gifts. Yeah. Yeah, make room. We can stack them up there. Just put them anywhere. Yeah, they can be anywhere. Wow. Operation Christmas Child is a, a yearly adventure in which uh, people all over the world pack boxes for people all over the world who need them. Operation Christmas Child has been active for uh, um, since 1993, and this year they celebrated the giving of over 400 million boxes to children in faraway places. I hope you're having fun. How many of you got Pop-Tarts? You get Pop-Tarts? Did you bring me any? Oh, you ate them all. Oh, well. Mm. A few weeks ago, yes, you brought us lots of goodies a few weeks ago. You are right. <laughs> For pastor appreciation. Yes, we did enjoy our candy. I even shared it, a little bit of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I want to say thank you for this. This is really great uh, for uh, that. Now, do you know where these boxes go next? Yep. To other people who don't get Christmas. Canada. Canada is one of the places. Yes, yes. Africa? Yes? Uh-huh. Okay. Homeless people? Belarus? Belarus? Okay, probably. Probably. Well, I want you to know that before they go to those places, they're going to go across the street. The uh, Ridge Point Church is one of the collection sites for Operation Christmas Child. And so these will be taken over there, and churches from all around the area will be bringing boxes. And you know what? They'll get so many boxes, they'll have to have a big semi-truck to load them all into to take them to the next place. And that's why we have to send them out so early is so there'll be time to get them to the place where they need to go. Yeah. Yep. Some of them are shipped in boats, and especially when they get to their destination, uh, sometimes very little boats to get to places that uh, are too rocky or difficult for cars to travel. So, all right, well, I'd like for you to uh, pause, and let's have a prayer of dedication for these boxes. All right, would you do that? And then uh, the pajama party's not over yet, right? They're, they're going to they're gonna go on out. All right, I want you to hop, skip, and jump on your way back out, okay? Let's pray. Gracious God, we dedicate these boxes to the work of your kingdom, and we pray for the children who will receive them. We don't know their names, but we know that you know them, so speed them on their way, grant them safety in route, and bless all the people who distribute them and especially those who receive them. We dedicate them to you in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Well, I'm glad you're having fun. If there's any crumbs left over, might save me one. And um, uh, I'll let you go back now. And there's Kiana, my granddaughter. I'll probably have to get a hug before this is over. All right, we'll let you go back now. Go with a hop, skip, and a jump with joy in your step. Today's Old Testament lesson comes from Nehemiah uh, chapter 8, verses 9 through 12. Uh, and Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites, 
who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not warn, uh, mourn or weep. I did the same thing when I was rehearsing it. <laughs> For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord, and do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites stilled all the people, saying, Be quiet, for this day is holy, do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink and to send portions and to make great rejoicing, because they had understood the words that were declared to them. Uh, please stand in body or spirit uh, for the reading of today's gospel lesson from uh, Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 38. But I say to you who are listening, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also, and from anyone who takes it, Away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone and not ask for it back again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even the sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those whom you expect to receive payment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners who receive as much again. Instead, love your enemies, do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, for he himself is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Wow. Thank you, Roger, for bringing us the word. Did you notice what those uh, books are from, uh, from the book of Nehemiah? Do you realize Nehemiah was one of the shortest people in the Bible? Nehemiah. Well, some thought it was Zacchaeus, but really it was Nehemiah. No, there were some that would differ with that and say, in Job 8, it talks about Bildad the Shuhite. But really, it was the soldier who slept on his watch. That's the shortest one in the Bible. You didn't know that, did you? Made you smile. Made you smile. I think that's what it's all about, is developing a posture that brings joy to your life. The psalmist said, I got more joy in my soul than they have when their grain and wine abound. Ah. The joy of the Lord shall be your strength. Well, Nehemiah, to be serious about that, Nehemiah was a governor about 2,500 years ago that the king of Persia appointed as governor to uh, Judea. And that was in the days when the Hebrew children were being released from exile in Babylon and uh, allowed to go back to Judea to Jerusalem to rebuild their homes and their temple from the rubble. For 70 years before that, they had been conquered, the city was destroyed, and many places burned, and the temple was torn down, and the people were carried away into captivity. There was a lot of sadness at that time. Sometimes when I read this story, I'm thinking of the people of Ukraine and how many people have been exiled from that great country and they're, they're literally in foreign places. 
hopefully someday they will be able to come back like they did 2,500 years ago, to come back with singing and rejoicing, even though the lives that they had experienced and the investment that they'd put into their homes and businesses were in a shambles and lie in ashes, they were able to come back to their homeland and begin rebuilding. And that's a lot of what our faith strengthens us to do, and that is to begin again, to start over where we need to. Joy doesn't come from the things that, that uh, we get or the trappings of life. It comes from a decision that we make within. And Nehemiah and Ezra and the priest called the people to that, said, today is a day holy to the Lord. Don't grieve. Don't mourn. Don't weep, for the joy of the Lord shall be your strength. Eat of the fat portions, make wine from the choice grapes, and share with those who have nothing, and the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Blessed are those who experience that joy deep within, even when the world is falling apart around them. So I'd like to distinguish a little bit between happiness and joy, if I might. Now, there's a lot of things that make me happy, and uh, I wanted to, to show you uh, some of those with some pictures. I, I just enjoy these pictures. They're, they're symbols of happiness. Take a look at this first one. When I drive in the driveway, I love to see this. This scene makes me happy. When Amazon delivers. How many of you love that? Makes you want to go and, and order more from Amazon. It's like Christmas. You know, if they could have just rolled out the vaccines this way, they'd have, we'd have gotten them a lot sooner. But Amazon delivers. That brings great happiness to me. Here's another one. I, I, I brought happiness and a smile to my face. Look at, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. This is Maddie and Jenna. They are happy, giving thumbs up, making funny faces after a win for the Maze Eagles. How good is that? And then this one is our two twins, Joy the cheerleader and Jenna the uh, ball player. And they are happy after a winning game. And by the way, their brother is back here. Jack, <clears throat> yep, he's smiling right now. Stand up, Jack, would you do that? He's our, is it 115th or 116th or 117th Eagle Scout in our church? He got his Eagle Court of Honor last week. And if you want to see the work that he did, it's uh, refurbishing the, uh, the playground out the east of the church. Jack, I know that made you happy, and that makes us happy, and you got it done, and you're not even a senior yet, so you got it well under the wire. Congratulations. See? Now there's a real picture. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I'm picking on Maddie today because here's another picture. It has Maddie in it. Look at these. I love the smile on these two. These are two uh, winning tennis players, and they are happy at a time of uh, great success. Doesn't that make you want to smile? Now, if you, you want to see God smile, look at this next picture. There's God smiling. That's the newest member of our Aldersgate Church community. Little Sydney English, born a week ago. You know, each new baby that is born is God's declaration that life should continue and that God is pleased with the creation. It is good. That brings God joy, and God is smiling. Uh, here's another one of Maddie. She was smiling when she got the announcement of, of a scholarship from Fort Hayes State University. Where are you going to school? Fort Hayes! Who knew? Yes. I, I, I love the smile. Now, there is a picture of joy. And then another one, Spencer Rich. 
was uh, uh, was on the team that won uh, the state soccer championship, and there he is with the trophy that they barely was able to fit in his room with his mom and his dad. Now, there is something that would make you happy. Now, uh, I want to see true joy in the next picture. Look at this. Reverend D. Williamston. She's a longtime clergy in our annual conference. She was elected bishop a week ago. Bishop D. Williamston. I've known her, and that glow is a glow of true joy as she is humbled by being elected uh, bishop. This is something that we celebrate and her family celebrated. Listen to this. Her mother was overjoyed. Her mother's in her 80s, and she's been very frail. And uh, to see her daughter be elected bishop was the crowning moment of her life. She passed away about 12 hours ago, but not before she saw her daughter being elected, consecrated, and assigned as a bishop in the United Methodist Church. Mm, mm, mm. Doesn't that get you on the inside a little bit? And then this one here, uh, Bishop David Wilson is our new one. I love this pose where he's greeting people. The first Native American uh, clergy to be elected bishop in the United States ever. And he's going to be our bishop January 1. And the joy that I've seen on his face, uh, I look forward to greeting him, and I'd love to get him here so that you can greet him as well. Now, here's another thing that makes me happy. You know, our confirmation class this year is um, having Pastor Maria run as fast as she can. Look at all them, 20, 20 confirmation students uh, that are in uh, the confirmation class and meets every Wednesday night. And they are a happy bunch of youth. Wow. What makes you happy? What makes you happy? Would, would you be happy if you had won the, the $2 billion Powerball? Well, you wouldn't because you didn't live in California. <laughs> My hunch is that that would be a happy thing for a little bit. And then it would slip through your fingers, and you'd still have to look in the mirror at the same old you. What would make you happy? Well, there's lots of things that make us happy. Um, get a new car. Uh, buy a new house. Get new clothes. Happiness is stuff, people that make you smile. But joy is much deeper than that. Deep, deep, deep. Down within. It's a state of being. It's a posture. It's a lifestyle. And it is who you are when life is crashing around you. You see, you can have joy. The joy of the Lord. And not be happy. All you got to do is look around. And see the suffering that goes on all around us. Each one of us have had to, to endure rotten tomatoes and stuff that has not been a part of the life we planned. And yet, blessed are those who have a spirit of joy in the midst, like the people that Nehemiah governed as they picked up the stones, the rubble, sifted through the ashes, of ruined lives and begin to rebuild again. They were able to stop and rejoice in the midst because God was with them. God was with them. That's a little bit about joy. I often say in my prayer, happiness is not a destination. It's a journey. You know what the destination is? Joy. Happiness is on the road to getting there, and, 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 and it'll take a while, and some things will bright up our, brighten up our lives. But joy is the work of the Lord as we are refined and brought closer into harmony with who God made us to be.
Joy is the destination. The writer of Habakkuk in the Old Testament put it this way, Though the fig tree do not blossom, nor the fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Are you beginning to get a little bit of a difference between things that make you happy and a posture of joy within? Some of the happiest people are the ones who have very little. In fact, Jesus saw one while he was sitting with his disciples one day and they were outside the temple and they were watching people put money in the temple treasury. Some putting in a lot, some putting in a little bit, some putting in not as much as they should have. But there was this one woman who came in along and she put in the last two coins that she possessed. And Jesus said, <clears throat> look at her. Now, he wasn't telling them to go out and, and, and give everything and live in sackcloth and ashes out on the street. No, he was talking about the joy of the Lord, which was so powerful in that woman's life that she took great pleasure in giving her last two coins, the joy of there's a woman uh, in the, uh, there was a woman in the church at Lyons when we were there. She was in her 90s, and uh, she uh, uh, had been homebound for many years. She was able to live in her own home, um, but she wasn't able to get out, and uh, life was kind of coming to an end for her. And so she would uh, spend her days in front of a big picture window in her living room. And she would sit in her rocking chair and she'd watch out that window. And she'd watch the people go by uh, up and down the street. And across the street was the, the middle school and next to that was a grade school. And she was able to watch the children. That brought her great joy. I'd go by and see her and try to cheer her up every once in a while. Sometimes I went away more uh, encouraged than what I I left for her, but one day when I went to see her, she wanted me to look out the window with her, and so I did, and she said, Pastor, look at the grass. Has the grass always been that green? She looked at the tree, and she said, have the leaves always been that beautiful shimmering in the breeze? She'd point to the sky and she said, has, has the sky always been that blue? Well, as I looked at it, it didn't look any bluer to me. The grass, not any greener than what I'd seen many, many times. But to her, her senses were heightened and she adored the beauty and you could see it in her soul that she was content. Wow. Maybe someday when I grow up, I can get to that place too. When life is crashing in around us and it seems like there's little hope left, she realized there was much to rejoice in I got to tell that story about a week later because she did pass. And she went on to see in vivid detail that which we only now know in part. That's a little bit what joy is. Jesus, when he was teaching his disciples in the gospel lesson, we got lots of life lessons that Roger read to us. Uh, that Jesus was giving to his disciples and said, if you'll do these things, that will refine you and help you be more open to the winds of God's Spirit flowing within you. You too can experience a joy in the midst. Now, I want to share this with you. 
Ellen Anderson shared it with me, and I, I had forgotten about this, but now I'm reminded. When Billy Graham was 92 years old, he was struggling with Parkinson's disease. In January, a month before his 93rd birthday, leaders in Charlotte, North Carolina, his hometown, wanted to honor Billy Graham with a luncheon. Billy initiated, initially hesitated to accept the invocation because he says, I got Parkinson's. That's not a sight anybody wants to see, and he would be embarrassed by it. But the people said, no, we want to honor you. You don't have to preach. Just come. Well, after many wonderful things were said about the great evangelist, Dr. Graham, being the preacher he was, he couldn't resist. And he stepped to the podium with help, and he looked at the crowd, and this is what he said. I'm reminded today of Albert Einstein, the great physicist who this month has been honored by Time magazine as the man of the century. Einstein was once traveling from Princeton on a train when the conductor came down the aisle punching the tickets of every passenger when he came to Einstein. Einstein reached in his vest pocket, couldn't find his ticket. So he reached in his trouser pockets, couldn't find his ticket. It wasn't there. He looked in his briefcase, but couldn't find it. Then he looked in the seat beside him. He still couldn't find it. The conductor said, Dr. Einstein, I know who you are. We all know who you are. I'm sure you bought a ticket. Don't worry about it. Einstein nodded appreciatively. The conductor continued down the aisle punching tickets, and as he was ready to move to the next car, he turned around and saw the great physicist down on his hands and knees looking under his seat, still looking for his ticket. The conductor rushed back and said, Dr. Einstein, Dr. Einstein, don't worry. I know who you are. No problem. You don't need a ticket. I'm sure you bought one. Einstein looked up at him and said, Young man, I too know who I am. What I don't know is where I'm going. And that's what they did when uh, Billy Graham shared that story. But then he went on and said, See the suit I'm wearing? It's a brand new suit. My children and my grandchildren are telling me I've gotten a little slovenly in my old age. I used to be a bit more fastidious. So I went out and bought a new suit for this luncheon and one more occasion. You know what that occasion is? This is the suit in which I'll be buried. But when you hear I'm dead, I don't want you to think of the suit. I want you to remember this. I not only know who I am, but I also know where I'm going. And there was a great hush that went throughout that crowd because they could see the joy of the Lord, which was so thoroughly a part of this great evangelist, that yes, he did know where he was going. And being the evangelist he was, he invited the rest to go there too. Knowing that Jesus has paid the price, has overcome the world, has given us a victory beyond even the grave. That is what stirs us to a joy that will not quit. There is a mansion over the hilltop in that bright land where we'll never grow old and someday yonder I will never more wonder, but walk those streets that of the purest gold.
Do you see the difference between happy and joy? May you have many happy moments along life's way to cheer you in the midst of the stuff we all have to deal with. But may in the midst you have a joy that bubbles up within you and makes your cup runneth over. Our hymn of prayer this morning is Forgive Our Sins As We Forgive. It is uh, not as common as the other hymns, so if you would like to look at the hymn, please turn to number 390. today we come to that time in our service where uh, we join our hearts together in prayer and so as we prepare for that uh, a few names that I want to lift up uh, would encourage you to keep these folks in your prayers uh, we continue to pray for Ken Schnur, uh, Nick Ahrens, Aaron McMillan uh, as he has that bone marrow transplant, uh, Marty uh, Burroughs who is the stepmother of Sherry Cleveland uh, we pray for her family. She passed away on Friday. Marty did. Uh, we also continue to pray for Jerry Rothy. Jerry's here today. He was in the uh, hospital a bit this week, but he's here. So, Jerry, we're so glad to have you back with us. Uh, we give thanks to God for that. Uh, we also continue to pray for Emil Scherlacher, Tony, La La Tony Lobianco, Sherry Dabler, Mike Fay, Mary Sue Smith, Landon Anderson and Sue Bloomer. As we join our hearts together, would you find a posture that feels both holy and comfortable? And uh, let's go to God together in prayer. Gracious and most merciful God. It is a good and a right and a joyful thing to give you thanks for no matter what happens, there is reason to rejoice in you. God, for amidst the, the chaos and the tumult of life, you are the thing that never changes. We give you thanks for moments and experiences of happiness, but but we turn to you this day, for you is where our joy is found. For only you, O oh God, are eternal. Only you are immovable. Only you are everlasting. And so it is only in you where we find and we seek our joy. Forgive us, we pray, when we turn away from your love and others. 
when we seek the temporary pleasures and happiness of this world and forget your loving care for us. God, would you restore us this day? For there are those of us who need to know once again the joy that's available to us. So come into those places of our lives that need to be revived. Draw near to us and speak tenderly to us. Light the way forward and let the joy of your love be our strength, not only this day, but may it be every day. We pray for these names that we've spoken out loud, and we pray for those people that we hold in the deepest places of our hearts. God, when our prayers are, are too deep for words, when we don't know what to say, when, when we don't know what to think, when we're lost and confused, may your Holy Spirit intercede for us and on behalf of those that we love as we seek to go forward in joy help us O oh god for we need you that we would be your light in the world that we would be beacons of joy and that we would be those who always remember even in the midst of chaos even in the midst of confusion, even in the midst of pain, there is reason to rejoice. God, we remember all these things, and we pray in the name of Jesus, who is our Lord, and who taught us to pray with one voice, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If you would, please stand for our closing song this morning, My Life is in You, Lord. have several people that are going to be joining the church next Sunday at the end of this service. If you'd like to be among them, uh, I invite you to do that. We had a couple of people that joined uh, in the 930 service, and so you'll be learning uh, about them, uh, the Ashburn family, um, mom and dad, Tyler and Martina, and two of their children. And so it's, it's a good time to uh, become partners with us. And I want to say thank you to all of you for being a part of the ministry of this church because we seek to stir one another up 
to love and good works that we might experience joy. So friends, go from this place in the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ, remembering that happiness is a journey, but joy is the destination. Go and bear witness to the truth of God's word until everyone is saved. Practice responsible citizenship until everyone is free. Go paint the world beautiful with the brushstrokes of your faithful service. And then go work like you don't need the money. Study like you don't need the grades. Dance like no one is watching. And love like you've never been hurt. And may the peace of God Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be your everlasting gift. Amen.